Hey guys, welcome to episode 160 of the Startup Diary. Now I just want to open up with a big thank you to everyone that's been helping us with the reviews in iTunes, uh, specifically the last actual uh, review we had, which had a bit of a comment, which was from Mark Sheldon says, an interesting peek behind the curtain, warts and all into the workings of a startup and the challenges faced as business grows. Thanks guys, thumbs up. And just so you guys know, is ratings reviews mean the world to us because it helps more people find the show and uh, that basically just motivates us to carry on doing what we do here. So if you haven't left us a iTunes review already, this is me asking straight at the top of the show, if you could go to iTunes, find Startup Diary, and leave us a rating or a review. Super simple to do, and that'll help more people find us. But that's my little quick ask. Let's get into the main part of the show. So Adam, today we have a question through email. Uh, we'll jump straight into this. This is from Martin. Uh, so I'll just read it out and then we can dive straight into the content. Hey guys, firstly, uh, I have to say your podcast, two words. Um, oh, it's, it's two words in the email? <laughs> yeah, it, it threw me. Come on, Martin. A second. You missed out iPod. <laughs> uh, podcast is a breath of fresh air and really insightful as to how startups function. I really do hope that your company achieves the goals. Yada, yada, yada. Big licks for us. Uh, but the meat of the question, Adam, is when you've recruited in the past and you have given equity in the business to your staff, is this with all staff? And how much equity should you look to give or do you pay better wages to get the levels of work you're looking for? P.S. My staff are having none of working late and moan about contractual hours, etc. Hence, I stay and do all the work at night. How do you get your staff to buy in to work in those extra hours and late nights uh, within employment law? Kind regards, Martin. P.S. Understand if my questions uh, doesn't make the cut. Oh, it made the cut, Martin. It made the cut. <laughs> it's a very interesting um, question. Obviously, you'll be able to answer this one. But just from reading his email, he sounds like he's in a scenario where he just can't get the guys to muck in and just kind of get the job done uh, and I guess the way he sees it is the people that are in our office all have a bit more of a stake in the company or whether they're being paid more or whatever but from what he hears and from what he knows we put a lot more work in than technically we're contractually obligated to do Yep. and he's just kind of asking <laughs> how do I get that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a really really good question so um, I'm going to try and break this down into parts because it felt like there was a couple of parts of the question um can you just repeat the first i've made a quick note but i didn't want to make too much noise uh, what's the first part of his question it's something to do with how much equity is the note that i've just written down yeah so when you've recruited in the past uh and you've given equity in the business to your staff is this with all staff and how much equity should you look to give cool or do you pay better wages Cool. So um, in terms of equity, for anyone that uh, that is listening to the show that isn't sort of familiar with the term equity, it just means shares. Um, so when you start a company, there are uh, shares in the company and it often starts as one share and it's just 100% because you're the solo founder and you started it. Or you started it with one or two mates and then you'll either own half each or a third each. Uh, but that's basically all that equity means. It's just the shares in a company. Um he basically is asking how much equity do we give away uh, so it all depends on the stage of the business that you're at depends on uh, one if someone gets equity two how much they should get um, so when we first started the company um, 
we brought on a CTO, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and that CTO was uh, involved in the company in the first uh, probably six months. So uh, after I realised that I was uh, spending too much time trying to do dev myself uh, or spending far too much money with an agency up in Sheffield, uh, I got some great advice, which was bring someone into the team who could look after all the development for you. Uh, and that chat was a guy called Ignasi. Um, and we were so early stage then, we hadn't really validated the idea, hadn't validated the product, um, and there was a lot of there was a lot of time that we needed from someone to build out this solution, uh, and we didn't know if it was going to work. So at that point, you've either got a choice, you either pay a huge sum of money to get a developer in, um, who is going to be committed, and they're purely committed because they really appreciate the huge check you're giving them every single month, uh, or you basically find someone who... Uh, believes in the mission of the company Uh, and that person uh, you then bring on and don't get me wrong you don't try and lowball them on salary you need to find out what they need because the last thing you want is people worrying about money i'm a big believer in that um but as a startup company you just don't have cash in the bank so then you give up equity and uh, it was an interesting conversation because the uh, the number that ignasi actually wanted and i know ignasi listens to the show and he'll remember this uh but the number that ignasi actually wanted i actually lifted him up from that because I didn't think he'd have enough stake in the game. Um, and I knew I knew the amount of work that you'd need to do and I wanted him to feel hugely invested. So it's not about like a sort of Dragon's Den, like squeezing each other out to get mm. the best deal for yourself. Uh, you do have to find a middle ground. But to get to my point, it's it depends on the stage of the company that you're at, depends on what, what equity people are, are getting. It feels like the people that he's talking about, especially the way that he's talking about them, um, aren't... Uh, weren't there from founding days um, and they are uh, people that have come along once the business is set up so my gut feeling is for Martin at this point is uh, these guys shouldn't be getting equity anyway Mm. Uh, if you look at the way that we've structured uh, our uh, cap table uh, and a cap table again sorry guys is just the capitalization table of the company that is basically a document that says uh, who owns what shares in the business a bit of backstory we've raised a, a round of angel investment uh, then we raised a round of venture capital investment um, and uh, as part of that second round with the vcs uh, i decided to create what's called a share option pool so it basically allows me to uh, allocate five percent of the company uh, as i see fit to members of the team uh, and that was hugely important for me. Obviously, I can't allocate them to my wife and my mom both work for the company. There's, there is a stipulation that I can't allocate them to family. <laughs> can't game uh, the system. Exactly. Um, uh, so I've got the uh, I've got a five percent share option pool, uh, and the reason that I wanted that is because there's members in the team, yourself included, mm-hmm. uh, who in the in the especially uh, it hasn't changed now. I was going to say especially in the early days, but we all put in a silly amount of hours, uh, and I think what Martin's trying to work out is why. And I think there's I think there's two parts of this, and I don't actually think equity is the driving factor. Um, and that's sort of one of the parts I want to talk about. Uh, but it all comes down to how well you hire up front. And I didn't think I'd get round to this, but the more I think about it, is when I go through and hire people for the company, I'm basically I always lead my open with what the company mission is and what we're trying to achieve. And uh, there are there are loads of things you can do as an employer to add perks and bits like that. But the biggest thing that we play on is we're trying to do awesome things as a company. We play hard. We work hard. Mm. Uh, and I've tried to bring people onto the team that aren't just clock watching. Uh, because to be honest, uh, the way that we structure our probationary periods is if someone is just clock watching, and I understand there are commitments and there's family things and bits like that, uh, but there's jobs that just need to get done. And we've managed to hire people 
that are mission focused uh, compared to just clock in, clock out. So it feels like that's probably the root cause of Martin's problem is that when he's done the hiring process, uh, he's probably focused, and Martin, correct me if I'm wrong here, please follow up, but he's probably focused more on the skills that are on the paper in front of you compared to the mindset and the attitude of the person that you're interviewing for the job. Uh, and I think uh, we do culture first, uh, always, uh, because there are so many things we do as a business, and because we're still working things out as we go along at the moment, uh, culture is the first thing we look for, because uh, the rest of it we can teach and train. Mm. Uh, outside of development, don't get me wrong, developers, it's pen and paper, like uh, wh- what what credentials have you got? Uh, but for the rest of the company, um, that's, that's probably where I've personally found the most success is finding people that are mission-led, uh, believe in what we're trying to achieve, uh, and as a simple rule of thumb, if I'm if I'm not gonna if I'm not happy to go for a beer with someone who I'm interviewing, uh, they're not a good fit for the company. Or they don't want to come with us. <laughs> or they don't want to come with us. That's a bit of a throwback. Uh, so uh, yeah, does that help answer part of it? Yeah, I mean, you kind of just going on the skills thing for a second. Like you kind of nailed it on the head there. We, the people that have the people at Expert Trades didn't necessarily have this this all of the skills required at the time, but because we are were earlier stage at the time there was it's not just about the wage or the share options that we got involved with like for for myself anyway I know it was the opportunity that I was also getting as well coming in at an early stage so he's asking how do you motivate these guys to be committed Mm -hmm. and throwing money at someone's not going to um, motivate them to be more committed. If any, if anything, the more money you throw at someone, the likelier the likelihood is they'll just they'll be clocking in and out on time every time and no more because they know that they don't need to do any more hours to make sure they get some more money in the pocket. We we believe, like you say, we believe in the mission. Uh, when we came into the company, you sold us on the dream. You explained the company and things like that. So, like we were able to rally behind what this company can provide our members that are joining what it can provide us in the future and things like that so you you might we might have started in low but with the potential and the opportunity to get so much more from this long term that that's kind of why we stick around it ultimately if we didn't (laughs) we wouldn't have took the job in the first place if it was just about the money because everyone in one way or another had to make a little bit of a sacrifice financially just to to get started in the business so for Martin um, yeah like you say he probably saw the credentials on the CV and not the person behind the document um, and I think that does play a big part in it like you say with the people <laughs> when someone new comes in the office you get a vibe from them straight away yep. and like no one's a bad person but some people just don't fit a work environment like my previous place of work as well people people came in and out that door very quickly and you could tell who it was purely based on the attitude mm-hmm. of the person like if everyone's trying everyone tries to help each other out but that one guy that just wants to do his bit and just let everyone else crack on with their bit and then he's finishing bang on the dot i'm not saying you should pull late hours all the time ideally none of us want to be doing late hours but we're all <laughs> we're all mucking in to get things done because that's the situation the company's in I'm not sure how far along Martin is in in his business. Um, yeah, some con- some context would be great. Yeah. Um, I think I think couple of, a couple of things for me as well, Martin. It's that there's there's different stages to a business, uh, and how I I really sort of outline where we are as a business. Uh, we are we're a startup, uh, and uh, 
startup doesn't necessarily mean you're a young business it just means you're in a uh, a fast growth business that's what a startup is we're, we're, we're disrupting industries at the moment uh, and uh, that's why I love there's a chap called Phil Libin um, the founder of Evernote and he says he wants to be known as the 100 year startup and I just love that that attitude mm. um, I was actually speaking to one of our clients and he's in a 270 year old startup as we discussed the other day because he's still innovating and he's still doing fast paced stuff but the, the only really reason that I mentioned that is some people just aren't cut out to work in a startup and one of the things that I have with every single interview is I have to explain what it's like to work here um, because it's not normal. If you've come from a normal corporate job um, or or any other job really that isn't, and I don't want to use the, like the whole startup culture thing and really play to that cliche, but the truth is... It's a very different environment for good and bad reasons. 100% agree. I mean, we all sit on beanbags all day. <laughs> <laughs> so and we've got a beer full of, we've got a beer full got of fridge. A fridge full of beer. <laughs> and... Um, I basically have to outline to people that it's 100% not for everyone and that's why we do the probation period because what you have to understand is when you hire someone, um, that probationary period isn't just for the employer, it's for the employee. It's, is this a good fit for me? Because when people come into something like this, which is so dynamic, um, it, it like it can stress people out. Mm-hmm. It can just not be a good fit. If you're the t- I tell people, if you're the type of person that needs to come in, have your tasks, know what you're doing coming at nine and disappear at five then then for the run away like just definitely just, not in just definitely run away yeah um so that's that's sort of the thing that i do uh, very early on to try and help mm-hmm. me be more successful with the hiring for the co- uh, company and the culture uh, but then i think one of martin's things is is how do you get people to to stay later and i think yeah i think what that boils down to is really understanding what motivates the team and you, sorry, guys. And by the way, if you keep, keep hearing my voice go, I'm, I'm a bit under the weather. Um, one of the things that you you address this, but um, everyone came into the company um, and there's lots of different things to do. So people did three or four different tasks. And over the last two years, is everyone's niched down and been very specific. So we all now know exactly which area of the business we look after. Uh, but what, what, what tends to happen in a startup is people come in and they earn less than the market rate salary. And that's just how it is. Um, because they get benefits around either equity or perks, uh, and that might be uh, culture, taking team out, uh, experience days, whatever it is. But people come in, um, and rightly or wrongly, I don't know if this is uh, across everything, but in in my company, people came in at below what, what is considered the market rate salary. And that's because um, when we are successful, m- my team is going to uh, have salaries that are far above market rate. Because the, the the rate of growth that people experience in my company um, are gonna is hugely different to what they would get in a normal job. Uh, if you look at someone like Matthew Ford, uh, who in two years has uh, had a huge impact to the company and is now basically becoming a manager, um, he's got someone sitting underneath him. He wouldn't have experienced that sort of thing until he's uh, five eight years on from now in in a normal mm. uh, company culture. Uh, we we've had uh, discussions regarding pay and bits like that recently, and. Uh, I literally wanted to slap the face off Matthew when he talked about like a two or three percent pay rise. What's normal? Because he was trying to learn around that, and like that's not where we are as a business. Is we are getting, we are taking leaps and bounds. So as we as the company grows, the key thing that Martin needs to know is if he does motivate his staff to believe and buy into the mission, he a hundred percent has to fucking reward them for that. Yeah. Um, what you can't do is sell them on the dream. And as the company does well, then all of a sudden he's the only one that's gaining from it. The rest of his team needs to feel like when they put more in, they get more out. And that's what it all boils down to. If someone comes in and feel like they are uh, breaking their back just for 
the owner, then they're never going to do it. Like no one in their right mind would do it. There's that quote that like 97% of people work to make the other 3% of Mm people's dreams come true. Like what I'm trying to do is build the business so everyone in the team benefits. And because I'm really clear on that and because I display that uh, in terms of like I I will always work harder than every single person in the company because I don't expect anyone to work harder than me. Simple. I, I will work harder. I will work later because that's the whole difference between like being a boss and being a leader. Uh, and I think what Martin's position is at the moment is he's failed to inspire his staff or brought the wrong sort of people in for his culture. I'm getting really, you can tell right now, I'm getting like a bit passionate <laughs> about this. Yeah, there's just, I mean, obviously the email doesn't, there's a, a lack of context that we're yep. missing. So, um, so obviously if you can follow up, that'd be great to kind of explain the full situation. But like you said, like the, when I'm reading his email, um, there's a tone. The, yeah. The tone that I'm getting is like, I've hired these guys and they're just not, they're not pulling the weight or they're not, they're not pulling the weight. They're obviously doing their hours, but they're not, they're not digging in as hard as they could be. Like, like I, from Martin's point of view, like he is, he's doing all the late work because yep. he's putting in the effort, but if it's his business and he's going to, but there's, there seems to be a lack of communication or just like you say, the message just maybe hasn't been made clear enough that they're, helping contribute hopefully they are contributing like say if if they are just there to make martin do better then they are just going to clock off at five yeah exactly and, and i wouldn't expect any different i think one thing that's all, always lost as well when i speak to other founders is uh, they don't communicate to the team that like a startup business is fragile it's a mm. it's a delicate beast and i think what martin needs to convey and i don't know what position he is in the business again we haven't got the context but at the end of the day, like the company needs to perform to keep people in jobs. And I've just got to say it as black and white as that, is if the if the team don't get uh, behind the mission and really rally, then the company's going to fail and then these guys are out of work. And that's not to say that you go in and use that as leverage over them, but it's really just to make it clear that everyone's role in a, in a company, especially in a startup, like everyone needs to be put in 120% because otherwise the company will 100% fail. Um, and you need to get people in that, that understand as the company does better, I will do better. Um, and if he hasn't got those people now, he needs, like Martin, by the way, we're only being so direct because we, we want you to win. Simple as that. But I think you just need to take a little step back and work, look at your team. And I'd be really interested to know what team structure that you've got in terms of are they very technical, are they sales, are they marketing, are they customer service, what are they? Uh, and basically uh, try and work out, out of all the people that you've got, who are showing the, the right culture fit and who isn't and work out as this company grows, is that the sort of person that you want to be moving into a manager role mm-hmm. as new people come in? And if they're not, take a, a good, long, hard think about how much they are truly needed for the business at this point. If you're very early stage and you're already having these concerns, um, I think he just needs to do something drastic. Um, if, if he is longer into his, his business cycle and he's established, then obviously making those changes is a lot more difficult. But just be aware that the people that you bring on, the first three to five to seven hires of the company, are going to be the ones that dictate your success because you only have a certain amount of number of hours in the day and you need that support from your first five or ten people. And if you're not feeling like you get it, you definitely need to sit down and work out how to fix it. And if you want to send us more context, um, obviously not the name of the company in case any of the guys listen. Um, <laughs> but please, please follow up. Um, yeah. Was there anything else in there that, that I think we could help with? Uh, no, I think I think we've covered it for now. I, like I say, what would be great is if Martin can follow up, um, maybe give us a bit more context on the business the industry is in, things like that. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to hear from him again. 
he can reach us. He reached us using hello at experttrades.com. I know, came in to Sarah, and Sarah was like, send it straight in. You can also reach us through my email, harrison at experttrades.com, or the gram, Adam. Startup podcast, which yeah. we're doing more on. We're getting there. Uh, Martin, firstly, hugely appreciate you sending this in. Um, hopefully, there's some advice in here that, that helps in some way. Um, again, send us some context. And uh, if there's anything you want to keep off the record, like please also send that in. Uh, this show is here for, for us to connect with founders, uh, especially people like yourself that have have problems that we think we are dealing with or we've we found a solution to. Uh, so send something in and in the email if you if it's sensitive just say this is sensitive don't put it on the podcast if it's not put it on the show yeah. but this is exactly what this is <coughs> excuse me this is exactly what this is about for me um, so appreciate the question mate and uh, hopefully it's helped